the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Sorry, guys. No boobs this week. You don't get to see my boobs. Oh, thank God. Just the one time. Until next time. Oh, oh, the weight of the nipple. Adam. That's right. Yes. We got uh, one, one tweet when I tweeted out for podcast questions. One tweet did ask, uh, would you ever get your nipples pierced for charity? No. Okay. No. <laughs> there are other ways we can raise money for charity, perhaps more effective ones. Like like a hot dog eating contest. Anything. Yeah. Literally anything. Just, anything. I, I thought yeah. I'd ask. I would, I would run naked down my street before I would get a nipple pierced. That's how not let's, into that I am. Let's do something else. Yeah. See, see what I mean? Not a great option either. <laughs> oh. You know, if you're 20, I, that's probably okay. Not at 33. Well, so you're not going to get charged for a nipple piercing. No, right. true. True. You might get charged for your little jug. Also, you just got to <laughs> do the piercing and then have the ring in there and then take it out. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I don't. <laughs> You're making the right decision. All right. Hog so. jog it is. I've heard it's nothing but pain. Like, I've heard that just sucks. And uh, I like my nipples and I wouldn't do that to them. You know? Good. Good. I'm indifferent about mine. Really? Yeah, I think they're a good feature on my chest. I think they're well proportioned. They sit right. sit nice. You know, I they kind of they kind of square things up. I'm I'm good with them. I spend no time thinking about my nipples. Really? You've never yeah. you never looked. You're like, wow. I've I've are they symmetrical? Are they? You know, are they different? Like you know. Yeah, I'm on the inverted app on uh, on uh, on. TikTok. Ooh, you should do it with your chest. <laughs> I've done it with my face. And I didn't like it. No, I was worried about downloading that because I figured. And if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, there's a TikTok trend out there, which is, you know, you, you basically invert your face. And uh, scientists actually say that whatever we see in the mirror is not how we actually look. We see an inverted version. So this will balance that out. But basically, not everybody has a symmetrical face. So if you don't have a symmetrical face, it looks really weird going back and forth and back and forth. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming, Steve, that you haven't done that with your chest yet. We, we should try that. No. And also I was worried about that app because I thought like every app now is some sort of probably Russian company, shadow company trying to find out my information, right? Like that's basically every app. So I was worried about that one. We really do get five minutes into every fun, like here's me looking old trend. And then you find out like it goes straight to Putin's phone. Yeah. It's the milkshake duck thing. (laughs) Like it's just, it's just ruined. We Uh, regret to inform you the grandpa face app is communist propaganda. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? No one would be surprised. Have fun. Yeah. Commie. Actual commie. Even though that's not Russia. They're the exact opposite now. But anyway, long story short. Oh, is that Adam's history corner today? No, it's not. Um, Hey, I got a question. Do we shout out CJ on the last show? Yeah, it was my, uh, remember I donated money in the crown segment and I left it right. blank and I sponsored the crown. And, and he asked us to match him. I still haven't done it. And yep. he hasn't done it. Adam, it was I a did. big thing on the show. <laughs> did you forget? Did Adam match it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I didn't. Steve, did you? I did. So it's, did you put $200 and two cents? That's what it was, right? Something like that. It was like 202. Okay. Oh, thank something. you. Totally. I'm going to do $201 then. All right. All right. If you remember. If I remember. Let's get into Who Wore the Crown, sponsored by Hoomps. All right. Let, show, me just, Jesse. let me just bring up Michael's DM. Michael, who is from uh, Steve's favorite place on earth, the Schwa. 
Mm. says, uh, I want to sponsor an episode of Who Wore the Crown on behalf of my wife's environmental nonprofit, A Greener Future. Every year, they organize 100 litter cleanups among the shores of Lake Ontario from Niagara on the lake to Kingston. Although we can't have the usual number of volunteers come out to assist, we are still looking to recruit volunteers in numbers that will be allowed to participate within the public health measures. Thought this might be a nice way to spread the word along the shores of the lake. How soon before we find out that that organization is also linked to Putin? (laughs) All the garbage goes to Putin. (laughs) And he's just got... Let's do that. He's got an (laughs) army of children like Bane who just put together shredded documents and things like that. You do a good Bane. Do a Bane. Ah, it's amazing what you find in the trash. (laughs) Sometimes you find that the people are the trash. All right, so you know what to do. Keep your Bane going. And hey, if you want to... If you want to sponsor the crown segment, you got to find a great organization, like a greener future. Do you want the earth to be the earth in 50 years? Why not donate to a greener future? Why not? (laughs) (laughs) A greener future. Google it. Check it out. Really great stuff. And guys, thanks so much for what you do. We really appreciate that. It's a great, yeah. great idea. And by the way, Michael also gave uh, 25 to sick kids so he could sponsor the segment. That's amazing. Cool. Okay. Go. I love that. And I love when we get to shout out like organizations that need it, deserve it. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. Now, who wants to go first on the crown segment? Hmm. No, Adam, I think I. you should you should go first. You want me to lead? Yeah. That lead off. Oh, well, I'm going to give it to Austin Matthews, guys. Um, 37 and 38 on Saturday night. The Leafs, again, look like they're just playing with their food against the Canucks. Um, Now, it's not exactly fair to the Canucks, injuries and things like that. Um, But it was a little, it's just a little, it's it's like, have you ever seen a pinball machine when someone sort of tilts it? Uh, It's just, it's it's a little bit like that. It was just a little unfair. Um, And that is, you know, unfortunate for the Canucks because they've actually faced some serious injuries. And of course, you know, COVID, whatever. Um, But it's a, uh, you know, Austin Matthews has been absolutely spectacular, has not got enough crowns this year, and I'm giving it to him. Who's next? I like that. Uh, Jesse Blake is up next because I got to I got to go back to my boy, Adam Brooksy. So Brooksy this season, eight goal, uh, four, four goals, eight games. But the special moment I want to call out is the Justin Hall goal because mm. Joe Thornton is in the faceoff dot. Joe Thornton gets waved out. Jason Spezza points over to young Adam Brooksy and he says, go take it. Brooksy takes the face off. The puck goes in the corner. It comes out to Justin Hall. Goal, 3-1 Leafs. Like, unbelievable. So, half, I guess, quarter crown to Jason Spezza for being the dad on the line. with two uh, Adam Brooks with his two dads, Spezza and Thornton. It's a beautiful line. And then him telling Brooksy to win that face off. He goes and he does it. And it leads directly to a goal. And I believe he scored on, what was the other game? Thursday night? And then uh, the assist on Saturday. So hot start. This is the best uh, I've seen the fourth line all season long. It's mm-hmm. got to be Thornton, Brooks, Spezza going into uh, the playoffs, I think, just just for these games, like how well they played. I want to see it. And Brooks, he's, he's brought a spark to that line that we haven't seen. I love it. So my crown, once again, goes to Adam Brooks. I have a quick question. Mm-hmm. If Jason Spezza wasn't Jason Spezza, does Jason Spezza get to call who takes the face off? Because you know, <laughs> like unless you got the trust of the coach, which he clearly does, and the respect of your teammates, 
uh, the coach would be pretty mad at you if they, if if that's not in the pecking order, right? Because yeah, that's that's Spetz's job. Spetz's job to hop in there, Thornton gets thrown out. Spetz, you go and you take your damn face off. Yeah, he's like, yeah. no. And he's good. He's a great face-off guy. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I thought that was a really interesting play because it's like there if that doesn't work out well, Spets is maybe in trouble. Maybe yeah. Kerfoot's not going, all right, Mickey, get in there. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh Steve, go ahead. Well, you know, you guys have talked about some special players. Sorry, what are Adam? They? Uh they're Austin Matthews. And Adam Brooks, two equal players. Yeah, uh, twenty. <laughs> yeah, two equal twenty sixteen draft picks. Mm-hmm. Very equal. equal. They're the Very same. The same. <laughs> They're the same. Yep. That's yep. how I think of them. And you know, Matthews is getting a lot of attention, and it's making the rest of Canada very mad. Um, but he is the top goal scorer in the league. You have to understand. And he's still in the MVP conversation, even though, you know, McDavid does appear to have MVP wrapped up. Or does he? He Well, of course he does, because he's a man alone on an island. Yes. He's he's alone. Austin Matthews, on the other hand, has Mitch Marner. Ah, oh, you're talking about this tweet. Who I am I am going to give the crown to for just being the silent assassin having silently one of the best single uh one of the best individual seasons a leaf has ever had and it's still probably gonna be the second best performance on the steam this year let me ask you something steve there was a quote about that can you explain the context for which you're talking about or so, steve or jesse do you have it up you're you're gonna do the thing and then i'm gonna tell you what actually happened okay yeah. <laughs> basically <laughs> Josh Anderson was asked uh, to talk about the difference between playing McDavid and playing Austin Matthews. And he said, well, the difference is Matthews has Marner, which I have to say, Josh Anderson, take a bow. Yeah. Take a bow. He just, he just trashed the Hart Trophy winner from last year. <laughs> he just, or did he? Is he, he? is he chirping Matthews or is he chirping McDavid or is he chirping Dry or it's such a good troll, such a good troll heading into the playoffs. And it's, it's a good way to be. He doesn't know if the Habs are going to finish third or fourth in the Canadian division. So he's got to cover all his bases and piss off both the first and second place team. Right. He's got to cover his bases. And in the process, he gets to pump the tires of a fellow Darren Ferris client and Mitch Marner. Aha. Josh Anderson. Now, Jesse, you wanted to do something here. Do you guys want to know what actually happened? Yeah. yeah, yeah, So I, I, I like to grab audio and do a bunch of prep for the show. So I was sitting there. I watched Josh Anderson zoom call the entire eight minutes and 40 seconds that he talked to the media. A lot of it, like 95% of it was about Toronto because that's who they're playing tonight. And he did speak about McDavid and Matthews and Marner. But the actual quote was, they are two different players. McDavid has so much speed and skill and his hockey sense is off the charts. And Matthews, like I said, he scores every game. So you got to know where he is on the ice. It seems that Marner usually likes to find him. He's pretty good at that. 
And then Michael Trakos took that entire quote and just for some reason decided to tweet out, according to Josh Anderson, the big difference between playing against McDavid versus Matthews is that Matthews has Marner on his line, which isn't anything. That's not the quote. Josh, what did I just read you? It wasn't that tweet from Michael Trakos. Like, so I got to be honest with you. Michael Trakos has had some doozies this year, and I know he's just doing it for interaction. You know he's just doing a troll (laughs) job, but like... It's not a great troll job. Like that's not oh, how dear. you do it. Like if you okay, if you no, want to build, good if Anderson says literally that. Yes, sure, sure. He did not. But no other leaf reporter has that. Nope. There's a reason I, it's not anywhere. That's that's. I did wonder about that. That's a bit. Oh. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, so, and like, listen, well-respected listen. guy, nice guy. Met him before, but uh, that's not how you do it, man. I don't. I don't like that. I don't think that's Josh Anderson wouldn't like that. I'm giving my crown to Marner anyway. Well, you should. <laughs> right, right. You should. But, like, it, people, it's important to tra- check the the sources, like where the things come from. Like, the no, tweets aren't. Let's freak the, out. <laughs> the tweets aren't <laughs> facts. Even the quotes aren't facts. Like, they're not quoting them. You got you to gotta watch the source. This is the problem, though. I should be able to look at a reporter's tweet, and it's right. You know what I mean? That, too. Yeah. That's... As the reader, that's my end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. Like, I shouldn't have to uh, cross-reference your material. That's... Uh, ooh, ooh. Especially someone with a, with a blue check, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's different if it's a, if it's a count, if it's, a, hey, hockey news, you know, at Twitter underscore 86 hockey news. But See, this is... This is a I girl. got Michael Trakos mixed up with somebody else. I've never met Michael Trakos, and I cannot tell you whether he's a nice person <laughs> or not. Sorry. <laughs> I was just looking at his picture. I'm like, I don't recognize him. I thought he was somebody else. Never mind. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> I know he exists, but I don't even... I didn't even know who he worked for, and now I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, Who'd you yeah, think no, he, he was? I thought he was on writer's block with Jeff Blair, whose name escapes me, works for The Athletic and for Richard Deitch? Richard Deitch, who oh, had no. a oh. doozy with the Senators this year. Remember, he's like, well, the Leafs better check the rearview mirror for the Senators because they, they got Matt Murray. Oh, is that him? Yeah. Oh, no. And it was like, oh, Richard. Oh. Uh, not the same guys Not the all. same at all. Richard's no. awesome. Richard's so nice. <laughs> Richard Deitch is a great dude. Yeah, he's wicked. Anyway, I thought they were this. I'm sorry. Sorry, Richard. Not sorry, Michael. Um, also, it's funny. I just went and read the Michael Trakos replies. <laughs> yeah. None of them are. None of them actually went back and did what Jesse did, which was find out. Like you just nailed it, Jesse. Not a single person knows that, except for like one Canadians fan who told him to eat shit. Right. Like, but like they, uh, I don't blame them. They yeah. shouldn't no, have to. That's, that's not fair. their job. Yeah, you shouldn't have to go and check journalists' sources. That's, that's true. true. Anyway, oh, sorry. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Misquoting people sucks. That's shit. Anyway, uh, let's uh, wrap up with the crown segment for today. <laughs> Steve, or sorry, Steve, uh, Jesse, yeah. brought to you by oh, again. Uh, Michael, his uh, wife's environmental nonprofit, A Greener Future, and he made his donation to Sick Kids. So uh, the next time you want to sponsor a segment, do what Michael did. Shout out somebody in your life that's got an incredible organization. And Michael made a donation to Sick Kids Hospital too as well. So if you don't have a place that you'd like to make a, a donation, Sick Kids is one that we always recommend. I used to work there. Steve does a lot of work with them. Incredible organization. Uh, they're doing worldwide famous work. It's amazing. And, um, you know, why not? 
Oh, you think the crown is your ally? <laughs> I was born in it. Sorry. Also, I'll do the whole I, thing. I've booked the crown through July. I think I'm finished up. I'm on the last week of July. So I got back to a bunch of you over the weekend. I'm still working th- through the DMs. It's a lot. So I'm still going to keep going. If I haven't replied to you yet, I'm still going. We're going to get into August and just keep yeah. going. And don't oh, message me and say Jesse hasn't responded. <laughs> just leave the DM. <laughs> Like, I am not going to be able to jump you in line. I really appreciate the passion. Know, though. The passion's unfair. amazing. But I get DMs every day from people going, uh, can you just pass this along to Jesse? And it's like, no, I really, I think that's amazing. But just keep it in line. Jesse's the most organized person on the show. You already know I'm not. So what do you expect? <laughs> like, what are you doing? True. Come on. Yeah, and you can't, you can't cut the line. That's unfair. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think most people want to do that. It's just like, I just want to make sure Jesse saw me. Uh, so <laughs> I'd like to speak to Jesse's manager <laughs> <laughs> and feel free to feel free. I'm, to I'm more like Jesse's admin assistant, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Feel free to double send the DMS if you want. Like it doesn't make a difference. Like it'll pop up in my inbox again. Maybe I'll notice it. I'll get back to you a little quicker. You know? mm-hmm. There you go. Mm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, now, guys, Leafs, as I said, playing with their food against the Canucks. If I told you there was a 41-year-old in the NHL this year with a, that was going to have a five-game point streak, would you have believed me? Yes. I would say how many of those games were against the Leafs? Right. But turns out, Leafs. fellas oh, on the Leafs. Joe Thornton, 41 years old, five-game point streak. And he's throwing a pile of hits now, too. I think uh, Luke Fox was saying that he threw, like, 20 in his first 30 games and in the last 10 he's thrown like 22 or 25 or something like that he's he's becoming a different player playing a different role on this team and it seems like it (laughs) i guess that he asked him like how are you feeling like out of 10 i guess and he's like go on buzz it 10 out of 10 and you know i think it all stems from that um and i'm sorry jets fans that ehlers back and forth that he had there seemed to be something that clicked that game and ever since then joe thornton has been quite the force along with Spezza and Brooks. And I just, I think, man, I was thinking before that, I don't know where he fits in the lineup for the playoffs. And now it's like, how can you go into the playoffs without him? You can't, you can. And there was a fun little argument because Brooks has come in and been so good that people are like, who comes out of the lineup? And I saw some people go, well, Simmons and some people, oh, maybe Thornton. And, and no, none of those veterans are coming out of the lineup. No, they're not. So it comes down to Galchenyuk, or Brooks. I saw some people suggest Mikheyev. That's simply not happening. It's not an option. Uh, so Thornton's been streaky all year. It's interesting. So his first five games, he went scoreless in four of them. He did have a two-point game in there. Then he goes on a one, two, three, four, five-game point streak. Game off, point. Then he goes on a four-game uh, pointless streak, gets a point, and then he doesn't get one for like a month and a half. Before this five-game point streak. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just, a, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I'm sure the rib injury was a factor in all of that. And what's amazing is he's really not playing very much at all. Um, at the tail end of the uh, streak, uh, 
Like he hasn't played over 13 minutes in a game. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven straight. Oh, except for two games ago when he had 16. Never mind. But it, yeah, I, I I didn't know where he fit in the lineup at all, at all. Fourth line left wing. There it is. It's <laughs> that a simple. Spot. Yeah, it'll be him, Spezza, Simmons, the grumpy, grumpy old man line. Right now, he's on the two and a half men line. You know, mine. Think Brooks, so you think Brooks comes out? Well, I there okay. Is. Extraordinarily unpopular opinion. I think. Uh, I think it's going to end up being Galch. Really? Who comes out? I yeah. think he's been effective. I do too. Um, there, here's the the real answer: is there isn't a wrong one. Mm-hmm. They're good. Like they're ridiculously stacked. Um, oh, no, ah, I don't know what to tell you. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Galchenyuk. I think it ends up being Brooks because I really do think they want Hyman where Simmons is on the third, and they'll yeah. just bump Simmons down. What about Mikheyev? No, there's there's no chance. Why? I you know he his effectiveness. No what is exactly that? Mikheyev this team dies on him. Like, what do? <laughs> well, this is the thing. His effectiveness, I do watch him five on five, and I go, okay, his shot is simply not a threat. Yeah, it's it's just not a threat to score. It's not. Um, but uh, once or twice a game, I go, is there a player in the NHL who could beat him in a foot race? Yes, like in a blue line to blue line foot race. Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid. We already know that's not true. Alex Formanton. Maybe that guy's fast. He is fast. That guy's fast. fast. I think that he's Dylan the fastest Larkin. player in the league, I think. D- Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin. <laughs> Dylan Larkin would beat Ilya Mikheyev to starting a fight and then backing out and letting someone else fight it for him. <laughs> he would definitely, he would beat him to it. He'd be, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what did Dylan Larkin do to you? No, this, oh is, this stems from a, a few years ago. I was riling up Red Wings fans, which he did straight up do that. Right, twice. but all the sure same. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be McCann. No, he's he's five on five. He pisses me off. But okay. on the penalty kill, he's legit. In in the playoff series, that's going to happen versus hopefully the Winnipeg Jets. Why can't uh, I? Why can't Keith switch out uh, Mikheyev and Galchenyuk every couple of games? You know, like scratch. Mikheyev's not getting scratched. I, I don't. I just. I. Do we not still don't have an answer for that. He's, why? I told you he's he's too effective of a penalty killer. If okay. he didn't think he was effective, he would have had him on the fourth line. <laughs> Okay. Hey, did anybody check on Felino's stick? I wanted to see if he does actually switch oh, hands no, with it. No, we that. didn't do that. Uh, no, I. Totally Can we do that tonight, that. please, against the Canadians? I just want to know. I want to see. Hey, you know what else I want to see? Timothy Liljegren playing uh, on the shutdown pair with Jake yes. Musson. Yes. Yes. That's pretty neat. Apparently, he has turned into a pretty defensively responsible player, just under everybody's noses. Which takes longer to marinate. And mm-hmm. like, oh man, I do watch Sandine. And he's so good. Boy, does he take a lot of bumps. He's, he ends up bloody a lot. Like, he's going to be such a good player in the same way that Amirov's going to be a great player and Robertson's going to be a great player. I don't know if I don't know if they're ready. L- Lilligren has a lot to prove tonight, like, in showing, hey, like, this is a close-to-finish product. Or this is this is a well-rounded product here. Yeah, close to finish because he's Swedish. They're next door. Just on the on the Galchenyuk thing, does anybody on Saturday or Thursday trying harder than Galchenyuk? 
Because I don't think no. there was a guy out there playing harder than him. When he, on the Nylander uh, rebound, and then when Galchenyuk buried it, and he had that fist pump, and he went down one day and he fist pumped. I've never seen somebody fist pump that hard for, what was it, a 4-1 goal? Like, he, he looks yeah. like he's trying so hard, and I, I want to keep him in a playoff series just for that. Like, just for he, the like, is there a, that's going to be... Is, He's one of the guys, Jesse, that enjoys being a Leaf. Like, he loves being a Leaf, you know? It looks like he knows this is his last shot at anything. Yeah. And that's it. That is 100% it. And, and like, they didn't make him beg and, you know, stick him on the fourth line. They First game, they're like, there you go, Alex. John Tavares and William Nylander. Show us. Show us. We're not even going to make you earn working your way up the lineup. We're going to mm-hmm. use you uh, to the best of your ability. We're going to use you uh, in a top six role. Show us. It's I'm I'm so impressed with this guy, and the idea that we're even talking about taking him out of the lineup. I, I mean, really, this could be a nothing conversation because the chances that somebody doesn't go down with some sort of tweak in the next five yeah. games are pretty slim. Um, oh, they should. the The Newfoundland Growlers had their season canceled. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get their one game on May 14th against the Jets. <laughs> I know, so that was going to be my next question, guys. This is an, a hypothetical for, for uh-huh. all of us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's say, let's say magic happens. Okay. Not probable, but let's see if it happens. It's game 50, 56. Okay. Game 56 against the Winnipeg Jets. And for somehow, some way, Austin Matthews has 49 goals. He has 49 goals. It's game 56. The, you know the Jets hate the Leafs. So even if they're not playing in the playoffs, which they might because they're falling like a rock, um, even if they're not, you're still going to try to hurt the Leafs a little bit, right? You're going to try to oh, take yeah. a few shots. Oh, Are you letting Matthews play? Absolutely not. Absolutely Jesse. Not. Where are – if the Jets – if winning that game – means you get to play the Jets in the first round, you try and win that game. Okay. I want oh. I want to play the tail spinning Jets in the first round. Like that's that's the scenario you, you want Montreal. You can go with your little hot streak and all these cobbled together lines that are somehow doing it. Go play Edmonton. Yep. Don't don't come to Toronto and play play the Leafs because that could be dangerous. I want the Jets who are just falling and in, in a tailspin. I want to play you're the- asking you're asking for Connor Hellebuck Vesna winner. Don't care. That's the same wow. guy. Who got, this same guy who got pulled and then yelled at his coach in the media. <laughs> I want him in a playoff series. Who knows where his head's at? And Shifley. And a lot Shifley. of back chat. A lot of back chat in the Jets room. They had, a, tra- they had to trade their best goal scorer to Columbus because they said the room didn't like him. Yeah. There's well, a, by the way, there's some. Now, there's so. <laughs> there's going to be some changes, eh, in Winnipeg this off season. It, just, it sure seems like it. Like low key. I wouldn't be shocked to see Paul Maurice not get fired, but just move on. And somebody else will pick him up in a heartbeat. But I, there's a lot of, it's everybody else's problem, not ours, going on there. This is the thing. So I, I have had to stop myself a few times or reflect and go, okay, we need a little bit of, we need some empathy here. Because there's players going through the worst year of their career, even if they're shooting the lights out, right? Like this, I'm sure this has taken a lot of the fun out of hockey for a lot of guys. However, the Winnipeg Jets look like they specifically are tired of being Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Not all oh, get me home. I hate the season. I miss people. I'm sure it's all that. Plus I'm sick of being on the jets. Well, this has been an ongoing thing with that team for years. I mean, we were all surprised to learn that. Remember the team that lost to the golden Knights and looked poised the next season was like, Oh man, they're going to the finals this year. They have to be oh. uh, like, I mean, really, they just ran into the magic carpet ride Vegas golden Knights. But really, you know, that was a hell of a team stacked on defense, stacked at forward and Connor Hellebuck, who's, for my money, the best goalie in the league. And I think um, what was funny was the next season, it all started to kind of unravel. And then you found out, oh, well, there's a division in the Jets dressing room. That was, I remember hearing that report and going, ah, it's temporary. It's nothing. And you just, it just sort of keeps happening. Bufflin doesn't come back. Myers goes elsewhere. Truba can't wait to get the hell out of there. Although that's been, that was, that might not be attached to that. Um, you know, they got to, they got to boot Line out because they won't, they won't play him. Like he's a Ferrari and they're asking him to be a tow truck. You know, like it's just, it's, it's crazy. And we'll get to Line in a second because there's more to talk about there. But there is, there is something weird about this very good Winnipeg Jets team because they are very good. They're able to outperform what we thought they could do this year, but I don't know. Very I don't skilled. know what I'm seeing. They're very, very skilled. skilled. Yeah, that's a good word. And I think there's a difference, right? But, like, what do you mean? They're, dude, they're, they're defensively, their forward group is one of the worst in the division. It really is. Like, uh, and they're a uh, guy like Ehlers, um, they're so good in transition. Um, and I know he's out of the lineup right now. They, I, I told you, they remind me of the Carlisle Leafs a team that had some skill uh very opportunistic goal scoring on the rush great goaltending cannot defend cannot they can produce from the back end but they can't defend they can't the the forwards are no good or sorry the the defenders are no good forwards are no good at coming back and they turn it over at the blue line a lot and they're they're one of my I, I, I feel like I've started to watch hockey a little differently over the past couple of years. And uh, they're one of my favorite teams to watch in terms of what not to do. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's you know, that like, coaching. You well, would Paul think... Murray's teams have never been great defensively. I mean, like, well, unless you talk about the 04 or 03 Hurricanes or whatever they were that beat the Leafs. 02? 02. I know. I know the. I want to say the Maurice Leafs. We're like one of the first ever, because a lot of analytics only go back to 2007. That supposedly they were really good. Oh, actually, but they just could not stop a beach ball. Like, and he's he said as much. You remember there was that clip where he's like, "Well, we had one guy who was terrible, and our other guy was not an option." <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. Toscalo was the bad. Toscalo was bad, and that's who he mentioned. Or well, that's who he was talking about. Raycroft was worse. Oh yeah, he was horrible on his way out. Um, you know, I had a mini bounce back, and now he's covering Tukaras games. Please kill me. Um, but man, that team's lost six straight. Ah! And they they got a. I just saw this. They have a five hundred record at home. Like that's not that's not the hallmark of a playoff team. I, I I've had Blake Wheeler's fans in my DMS all season long, all season long since the line, a trade seriously. And I understand why, like I can understand why Blake Wheeler's a likable guy in the city. He's a hardworking player. But when you talk about 
commitment to winning. And that's what they associate with him. Well, he wants to win better than everybody else. Then play defense. Yeah, guys, he's he's terrible. He's terrible. Like it, like up uh, going back. And he he knows how. It's not like he doesn't know. He can. This this was the the old what was it? Kessel Bozak JVR line. Top scoring line on the team. One of the top scoring lines in the league. Minus. Right. <laughs> like it it is what it is, man. They don't they don't take care of the other side of the puck. They just don't. And the conversation has gone so aggressively uh, different from what we thought it was like a week ago where the flames are now basically out of the picture. Mm -hmm. It would have to be a miracle for them to make it. And not only is Montreal going to make it, they got a real shot at third and playing Edmonton in the first round. What do you think Montreal wants? Oh boy. I think you want to win as many games as possible going into the playoffs. I think for any team, when you go into the playoffs, you want to be on a heater. I think that's the, that's the best way to get momentum. Cause like, if there is anything as momentum going into a playoff series, like that's it. Just winning yeah. games. That's here's, fair. Here's what, here's what the Habs are thinking mentally, I think. We just need to clean up our game heading into the playoffs. Win as many games as possible. We might as well finish third. All right? Might mm-hmm. as well finish third. We'll get the Leafs or the Oilers. Oilers could still theoretically pass the Leafs. It's pretty unlikely, but they could. Mm-hmm. We won our qualification round they did not neither of those teams neither of those host teams in their own building made it neither of them we did we did that is how the montreal canadians need to head into the playoffs and that is the attitude you need to instill in your young blood and uh i think romanov was in the bubble Caulfield, who's probably yeah. is just a hundred percent adrenaline, his first NHL goal OT winner. Can Come I ask a now. question about that? Did you guys see the OT winner on Saturday? They switched to the game after the lease one. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Montreal game. Did you guys watch the overtime? I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember it. That was the worst overtime I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I was like, I remember the goal. I don't remember the overtime. What was it? Montreal had the puck for the first like two minutes and they they got went into the zone and they circled back like four times and then um, Ottawa got the puck and they got a shot down the other end then Montreal got the puck back then they went down the blue line then like nah let's circle back again let's circle back again and then they finally entered the zone and Caulfield scored it was the worst hockey it was literally guys doing laps in a circle until they got a good entry it was terrible and, and the three on three, the instruction wow. manual on how to beat the senators this year is not let's circle back. It's get as many shots than that as you can. And one's going in. Yeah. Right. Well, they, it works like it they did. scored, like they, they scored I, a goal, but like, it, I don't know when three on three got ruined, but cause it's terrible now. There are some teams who ruin it. No, there are. Montreal's there are. one of them. Well, apparently, but also I hate that. <laughs> like in the couple that the Leafs have lost this year, uh, one against Edmonton in particular, it's just a who can line change the best contest. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just in that, that that's annoying. And by the way, that is something about hockey I never think about ever, and it's a mind blowing thing to a lot of people. Like uh, I, I always talk about, I, I took a guy from Scotland to a preseason Leafs game. It was his first ever hockey game. And he learned 
like all the rules by the second period. Like he's, he's a savant, but what melted his brain was in the first few minutes of the game. He's like, they just substitute on and off like mid play. And like, it never occurred to me that that was a weird thing to do. Can't right. do it in soccer. You can't do it in the NFL. You can't do it in basketball. You know, there's got to be a stoppage in play. And that's what th- three on three for some teams is just a line change contest or they do what the Habs did there and they cycle it around. I didn't watch the whole thing, Jesse. I, I did see the clip though. It was it's terrible. I played um I played rec league basketball in like two thousand, I think it was like nineteen or eighteen. And uh in rec you have uh on the fly line changes because they they start the clock at twenty minutes or whatever for the the two halves, and then you do on the fly uh, ba- uh line changes for basketball. It's, it's a lot of fun. It adds, That's it cool. adds dynamics to the game, yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, it's cool because like you got to time it because it's so fast paced. Like it's um it's a little different in hockey because the court's obviously smaller. So you got you got to watch for like the cherry picking or you got to protect defense. And it's uh it's an added element I'd like to see professionals try just for like one exhibition just to see how it would work. I love that. Yeah, I love I that like a lot. That. I do like that too. Um, I just want to throw this out there too about the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they are. Currently, I think their percent their points percentage is 541. They are 17th in points percentage, which lends credence to what we were talking about before with why don't we just put the best teams in? Well, I th- oh, okay, that's not where I thought you were going with that at all. I thought you were oh. going with the North sucks. <laughs> oh. No, well, and Winnipeg has lost five in a row. And so you six. six in a row, sorry, six in a row now. Well, so it's like, who wants fourth place or who wants third? Like nobody seems to want it. It just seems to be, uh, you take it, you take it. Well, and like for those two teams, like, I mean, it's the Leafs who's been in, who have been in first, Mm -hmm. um, for basically this whole time. And the Oilers who have been really shit hot, like really good. And who on earth wants to cover McDavid? Nobody. That's a shitty job. And I'm just imagining McDavid bent over like that LeBron picture from game six with the Miami heat. Like, and just, Oh, Justin Hall shuts me down. Huh? All right. Next four to seven games are going to be long for you. (laughs) Really long for you. Justin Hall, Justin. Oh no guys. Justin Hall. Look look at uh, several league MVPs, a bunch of scoring titles, but uh Oh, Justin Hall's about to fuck my whole day up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I listen, I love him and I love the job that he's done on Connor, but oh boy. Oh boy. That that would be a very fun series. There was a uh when Pedro Martinez was pitching for the Red Sox, he got into a fight with a batter and uh and uh basically the batter was like calling him out for like, you know, try, pitching two inside or something like that. And they had they interviewed him in the offseason. And this is what I always think about when people are like, Yeah, he shut down Connor McDavid, yeah, he shut down Sidney Crosby. Pedro Martinez is like, they're like, what did you think about that? And he's like, I don't think about it. He's like, the guy's name's Kareem Garcia. Who the fuck's Kareem Garcia? (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, it was like, you know, that's the kind of talent these guys have. They don't need to say that. They could just do it. Well, good players create the name. Yes. Right. So, uh, you know, Matthews has kind of done that with Adam Lowry on the Jets. Oh, Adam Lowry plays Matthews so tough. McDavid has done that for Justin Hall. Um, man, Nazem Kadri's stock took off from one game where the Oilers caved the Leafs' faces in, but the Leafs happened to win and Kadri got the OT winner. So, yeah. ha, ha. like, 
you know what I do? What I remember um, is, you know, Connor McDavid's Erie Otters went to the OHL final, but they fell at the hands of the mighty Oshawa Generals. <laughs> I remember that. And a Vancouver Canucks prospect by the name of Cole Castles was credited as he's shut McDavid down. Oh. I don't know if he's played in the show. Right. What's he doing right now? I mean, he's playing professional hockey, but like he shut down Connor McDavid. Are we sure? I was because I or was it one game? I well, I saw game five, and what I saw was Ken Appleby stand on his brain, the mm-hmm. Jens goalie, and uh, another guy not playing in the show. I think he got called up recently. Did he? Um, okay. But it was no, it was the the Jens triple teamed him, and the guys around him couldn't score. Right. That was that that was that controversy of is Dylan Strom playing hurt? And he got offended by the question, but everyone's like, Well, if you weren't playing hurt, we'd expect you to score. And if you can score, then everyone's boned. Because it's either you or McDavid. Fourth overall. Sorry, third overall. Third overall. Marner was fourth. Man. Good shit. Good shit. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's another swing and a miss. That was and I remember people, ah, but he's the center. Is that Coyotes, right? Yeah, yeah. And they ended up with they ended up with pick three and pick five because I think they had Strom for a while and then they got lost at Krauss too in a trade. Was Krauss fifth? No, he wasn't fifth fifth. or eighth. He was eight. Maybe he was eighth. I don't know. I do remember. I do remember. Like, ah, should they go with Strom, Marner, or Krauss? Yeah. (laughs) Was that was that a Cox one? I think that was Cox. I think it was. And there was like a bunch of people screaming on Leafs Twitter, like Marner and no one else. Don't even talk to me about these other guys. Like people are like, but Lawson Kraus, he could be a 20 goal scorer one day. And they're like, Mitch Marner could get 80 assists. You don't, you don't get it. And then the next year, I remember, remember Lou Lamorello going, well, like, I guess he'll play if he's ready. And like Marner just goes and wins every trophy. It's yeah. every goal and is the captain. Yeah. I love it your was- Mayor, Mayor Quimby slash Lou Lamorello impression. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so I did I did, uh, uh, did want to mention, uh, too, Saturday, uh, uh, the Jake Vertanen allegations sort of – well, not Saturday. I think they kind of started to take off Friday, right? Uh, it was Friday night. Right. Started to take off on Twitter, and then he deleted all the social media, and the Canucks announced he wouldn't be playing against the Leafs. And these are um, allegations that came through an Instagram account. And um, I don't know, like, I don't know if there's any need to get into what exactly went down, but the under the, the basic understanding that you need to have is that um, it is alleged that he in during training camp invited a young woman uh, to a hotel and basically uh, she said no. And that, she got to the point where she couldn't say no anymore, physically overwhelmed, that sort of thing. That's the, that's the crux of it. Um, I don't know how relevant this is, but I, I think it was 2017. 2017. Yes. Sorry. I should have said that too. That is relevant. Um, and so, I mean, it's, it's important that you, uh, that you know, that, that these allegations have been made and then, you know, Steve, you talked about it a little bit in your video too. Yeah. Well, I, so I called you guys cause I'm like, <laughs> So what I did was I shot the beginning of the video like I always do. And because this was a thing that was a, a story before the game, I just started talking about it. And then I was supposed to go into talking about the game in the irreverent and cartoony way that I usually do. 
Mm-hmm. And I was just like, no, this is awful. This Doesn't is terrible. Right. Yeah. No, and I very rarely shoot something and go, this is dreck. Mm-hmm. Like this, and this is also just not the way to do it. So, yeah, that's that's why I did the video and then put it at the end. So, and it's obviously very upsetting. And I wanted to give people the opportunity to, if they wanted to, skip it because it's traumatizing for some people. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's why I'm trying to give you the base understanding. If you want to know more, obviously it's out there um, and you should look it up if you're, if you're so inclined, but I do think that there's some value in, in holding some of those details back for those that don't want to hear them because um, there can be uh, triggering incidences with that. And so we got to be very, very cognizant of that. I, I don't know what to say about this other than um, I don't feel qualified to say anything other than my hope is that uh, the victim is getting the support that, that she needs um, and that, um, you know, it's, I think it's the right thing that the Canucks did, right. Is to pull them out and, you know, they're going to have to sort through that, those things themselves. And it's, um, it's one of those situations, man. Like it's just, there's no way we see him for the rest of the season. No, not a chance. There's, there's not no a chance way. And just from like the hockey community perspective, it's, it's just, it hurts always when these things come out, whenever there are allegations, whenever there's dark news, because you want, you want hockey to be an inclusive space. And whenever these things happen, you, you're afraid that people get pushed further from the center of it. And you want everybody to come together really. And these things don't help for sure. Yeah. It's supposed to be our escape, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. If, if you want to read more, uh, Alana Kelly, Alana Kelly news, that's a L a N N a Kelly news, um, on Twitter, she has done work for CTV for city news for Sportsnet. She's got a master of journalism from Ryerson. Her pin tweet right now is an exclusive interview with the uh, victim for uh, glacier media. So if you want to learn more, uh, that's where you should go. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, you know, I, just on that for just one more second before we take a, it's a hard right turn. It's always tough to transition out of these stories. Um, like I said, again, uh, yeah, I hope that she is getting the support that she needs. Uh, and, and please, uh, you know, um, please, if, if, you know, you're, this is something that, um, you want to see change. I mean, there's tons of organizations to give to. And, and I think as a community, we need to come together a little bit um, and make sure that this stuff just doesn't happen. It's just unacceptable on all levels. And we'll move forward from, from that. Right. There you go. I don't know what else to say. Honestly, I never feel qualified to talk about this stuff. Yeah. For the, for the pause here, I'll, I'll go uh, get the barbecue ready to start the crow that Adam will have to start <laughs> eating for when uh, we eventually talk about the Nashville Predators and Dallas Stars. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We're not getting to that yet. We're starting. No, no, I got to warm up the barbecue. I got to start the propane. You, you started up. You got to start, start the meeting, up. Jesse. You got to start the meeting. <laughs> I got to start the <laughs> meeting. Or don't the forget Dallas to start the meeting. Let me, I got to get Eric Young on the phone. Mm-hmm. We got to, we got to talk about it. later though. Obviously. You, tell, you tell Showtime that it's not over. Okay. <laughs> it's not over, Eric. <laughs> I had a look at the standings this morning. It's not over. It's not totally over. We'll get into it. Uh, Patrick Line is starting tonight for the Columbus Blue Jackets, as one would expect, except that he's starting on the fourth line with Nathan Gerby, who is still playing in the NHL. And also Zach Dolpe, who follows me on Twitter. Cool. That's great. noted. Noted follower so, follower of the show, Zach Dalpy is center how, for Patrick Liner. How long is it going to be before Yarmo Kekalainen just says, "You know what, John? 
we both, you know, you're not going to be back. So how about you stay at home? Bro, what day? Fire him and coach game? the rest of the season yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blue. What are they doing? Yeah. Like, it's tough enough to get players to stay in Columbus after what Patrick Laine has seen this year. Why would you ever resign there? Why would you ever, ever bother signing a contract there? And there are some, like, I've seen some, like, well, he's bad, though. And, like, like you know, we were just talking about the Jets and how they have talented forwards, but they don't take care of the other side of the puck. Well, that's Patrick Laine in a nutshell, though. Right? So, yeah. and they're trying just, he's to better get a, at scoring than they are. Well, they're, they're trying to get, I mean, it's to Jesse's point from last show about, like, uh, talented players and, you know, if they have a deficiency, you get, you surround them with players who help mask it, right? Mm-hmm. You surround them with players who complement uh, their skill set. So I hope Gerby and Delpy are like really good playmakers. Cause like, dude, I mean, we all know what Patrick Laine does. He scores the shit out of goals. He makes pucks regret being made. Like we, we know what he does. We know what he does. And like that kind of player doesn't, doesn't belong in the fourth line. Like he's, do we think Alex Galchenyuk is an amazing defensive player? No, he's super not right. But they put him in a role in the top six. He he's more useful to the least in the top six than the bottom. Right. Right. He's that's a good way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so even if line a is struggling and he's not doing what you want him to, this doesn't make any sense. And it makes the blue jackets worse case in point. They're below the fucking red wings. They're, they have 43 points. And there's no excuse for that. In 52 games? Well, I mean, no, there isn't. There's no excuse. <laughs> like, I mean, they're better than that. They're better they than that. They might be a, a playoff team. And, and you know, they thought they had an outside shot. And, yeah, because, like, look at this. Like, I, I'm looking one, at the... six and three in their last ten. And here's the thing. What kind of message are you actually sending? Let's say, let's say John Tortorella is back next year. You're the law and order coach. Okay, so you've got Patrick Laine on the fourth line. But you still play him on the power play. He's still playing left point on the power play with Seth Jones. Which is using him to his strengths. Right. But my point in that is, so what are you teaching him? If you're teaching him that he's useless or that you're trying to punish him or that you want him to be a different player than what he is, giving him the one thing that he wants, which is power play time, is hardly sitting him in timeout. So what are you doing? Listen, I know Phil Kessel can be a pain in the ass, but if you just use him properly, you might win a couple cups. This dude's finished Phil Kessel. He is. And that's uh, that's not an insult. I just think it's an accurate representation. This dude can do things better than Phil Kessel could. He can. Mm-hmm. Kessel never had a shot like that. He is, And he is a sneaky shot. Yeah, not a one-timer. Nope. You know? And line A, like Kessel, is kind of an underrated playmaker. And he's not the greatest on the back check. So you put him with, uh, who is it? Nick Benino and Carl Hagelin. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and you, I don't know. I don't know. Like maybe he's, maybe we have overestimated line a, a bit in the same way that we overestimated Kessel. Like he was expected to carry the Leafs, which wasn't the greatest role for him, but he can be a wicked complimentary player. Mm-hmm. And the blue jackets just don't have that. They just don't have it. They don't have it up front. And Max Domi has been having a nightmare year and, like, who the hell are their centers? We know Dolpy's on the second, mm-hmm. or sorry, oh. the fourth. So you've got um, Domi, Texier, Roslovich, and Dolpe. And Roslovich has been, it, like, he's overachieved yes. from the deal, 
right? The from the trade and the signing. Like oh here's boy. your I don't know what you do if you're you, CBJ. Who do you think is playing top line left wing, Steve, tonight? Don't look at the lineup. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the left wingers on the Blue Jackets. And like I should know the answer to this. They played the Leafs last year. Well, Felino's gone. Um uh I think he's usually a center, but Boone Jenner. Eric Robinson. Oh heavens. What's what's his stat line like? When you're upset with somebody, do you like like do you do you punch yourself in the face? Like if you're in a fight, are you like I'm going to teach you a lesson and knock myself out? A hole. I oh dear, this guy has 15 points in 52 games. Oh boy, oh Blue Jackets fans, I feel for them. You know we no we got to be nice to them though because they well, we most be nice of them to the fans. Oh, yeah. Most of them have been tweeting at me like, I hope the Leafs win. Because Sharks (laughs) fans and Blue Jackets fans want the Leafs to win. For Thornton Thornton and for Foligno. Okay. So, And, I mean, it's good to have friends because it's not like we have any in Canada. So, thank you. (laughs) Because, like, is is firing... John Tortorella, the move is he is he going to hurt your franchise in the next ten days that he's going to be head coach, or is is can we just weather the storm to the eleventh day and then fire him? Well, back? he's his his deal is up, so they're not yeah. resigning him. All right, so you got you got what? Like that's what I said. Like ten days left of John Tortorella. You might as well wait out the next ten days. I don't think your franchise is over if you get if you fire him now versus the next. Like, I think what the issue season. I would. I would say is, and this is what I would have done this 10 games ago. The reason I would have fired him is because you want to keep Patrick Line because he's all you got for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And you have to maximize that asset. And so that is John Tortorella's job. He got Max Domi for Josh Anderson because Josh Anderson, Josh Anderson's agent hated Yarmo Kekalainen and vice versa. And Josh Anderson, from what I've understood, wasn't a huge torts guy. And so... Uh, so then, so they, so they got to recoup assets on a pretty good power forward. So they get Max Domi who once had 72 points, but also yeah. had an issue with his coach. And now they don't, and now he doesn't. Yarmo has had a terrible year. And then Yarmo goes and gets Patrick Line, who should be a very, very good hockey player, score 30 goals in his sleep. But no, no, I don't know that Yarmo has had a bad year. I, I would say it hasn't been great. What I would say is that he's got a head coach who's literally sewering everything that he does. But it's it's the same not... as Babs with, with when Muzzin came in. If they had held on to Mike Babcock too long, this is what it would what would have happened. Things would have unraveled. They fired know. him at the right time. In fact, they probably could have let him go earlier. But this is what happens when you have a coach who's like, fuck it. I'm on the last year of my deal. I don't care. And I don't like what does Torts get what Torts is going to get hired again. So what does he? You don't know that. Like he could oh, be playing his know. way. He could be playing his way out of a job right now. The I could be. I don't look. Listen, I Coaching I think there's well. a I think there's a torch problem there, but I look at the Blue Jackets and I'm just like, boy, I don't know if anyone's going to come in and um, who's Buddy in Long Island? Why is his name Trots? Trots? Sorry. Um. Uh. Like I don't like I I'm not looking at this team. And I'm like, yeah, some coach is going to come in and everyone's going to overachieve. Right. right. You I know what I mean? Torts They're is, not good. His They're mentality good. right now is I'm going to coach these guys and teach them a lesson and also see what we got left. Like, it's not like there's even 
like a prospect pool where it's like, hey, we're looking at the future or anything. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach these guys how to play hockey and teach them lessons, and I'm gonna go out and they're gonna remember the name John Tortorella. Like, yeah, that's what he's and talking about. How shitty we were under the name John Tortorella. <laughs> how many? How many injuries do they have? So th- these are their D pairs according to Daily Faceoff, by the way. Mm-hmm. Top line: Seth Jones, yeah, Michael Delzato, oh. Miko Lettinen with Vladislav Gavrikov mm-hmm. and Gavin Bayreuther and Dean Kukin. Well, you got Boone Jenner, Zach Wierenski, and Gus Nyquist all out. So that's tough. That is tough. Only one of them's a defenseman, though. But they're still putting Patrick Line on the fourth line, which is the whole point of this discussion, gentlemen, because they have a bunch of guys who are out <laughs> and they don't have anybody to play for them. It's just, it's just a f- public fuck you. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. So Yarmo, step in and stop letting the coach flip you off publicly every game. Yeah. Well, it's a I mean, it's an F you to line A, but that is, yeah, that is one way to interpret. Dude, this guy had one game with the Jets and he had two goals and one assist. <laughs> Who's this? Line A. I know. Ah. I know. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. And like this season is such an anomaly too. Like just looking at his numbers, mm-hmm. he had 64 in 73, 70 in 82, 50 in 82, 63 in 68, and 18 in 41. Like th- this, Lenny's not going to have a season like this again. I'll put money on it. It's not going to happen. Well, I mean, if they keep <laughs> if they keep playing him on the fourth line, he's he's getting out of there. All yeah. the way out of there, or they can keep him, but they're going to have to build around him. Like you have to, you got to. He's one of those players who you have to embrace or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, uh, like Brian Burke. I remember used to talk about low maintenance players. I don't think Patrick Line is that. That doesn't mean he's not useful. Mm-hmm. I don't think Phil Kessel's a low maintenance player. That doesn't mean he's not useful. There are pain in the ass players worth keeping. And he's one of them, mm-hmm. especially when the rest of your team isn't very good. Eric Lindros at his height was an extremely high maintenance player, but the Philadelphia Flyers went to the Stanley cup final and went to the conference final several times as well. He's some so of the most good. talented people in the world and outside of professional athletes are very high maintenance. And you don't have to like was, them personally. Yeah. <laughs> just win. I just thought win. he was a great, he was a great teammate on Rachel's Raiders. So I didn't, there was no maintenance. <laughs> No maintenance, and no, he was like, he now. was There's no question. One of our no top question. three players, I'd say. Yeah, like one of our. Uh, I like the stumpy year. The stumpy year was fun. That was a good stumpy year. It was good. We but lost Eric every Lindros game. But it was year good. was better because we won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's better, right? Yeah. <laughs> better to win. <laughs> I kept saying uh, there's like ten days left in Torts's career with Columbus. It's it's Sunday. Like the Blue Jackets play four games this week and then they're done. Saturday is their last game, and then uh, Sunday he's he's out as head coach. I can wait that out if I'm Yarmo. I can wait till Sunday. You got to yeah, send to me. You got to send some sort of message to Patrick Line to say we're committed to you. We want you here. Please resign with us. Good God, please like our team. <laughs> uh, if I'm Patrick Line, the way you do that is with money. Yeah. Yeah. It's hey, the these the are world. meaningless games. I don't give a shit if you put me on the first or second line. Give me money. Mm. They play Nashville <laughs> tonight and on Wednesday. I might watch that Wednesday game just because, like, I want to see what Line is doing out there if he's actually on the fourth line playing ten minutes. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> and that's exactly and that is also exactly the sort of game Columbus would show up for. 
hey, right? we can ruin these guys' playoff chances. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. This is our cup final. Like, we're, there's no playoffs this year. Right. So let's have one last hurrah and ruin their day. Mm-hmm. And right. the next two are against right. Detroit. So, like, they're not, you don't need it. Any, nobody needs to try in those two games. They're battling for last. You know who Columbus might be interested in this offseason to coach their team? Uh, Rod Brindamore. Because uh, if things continue going the way they're going in Carolina, he might be a free agent. Now, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of interest from the Seattle Kraken. There's obviously the Ron Francis connection there. Teammates for years. Ron Francis was a president for years. All that stuff. Uh, but we know that there are NHL owners that want to get coaching staff costs, quote unquote, under control. Now, remember that these are billionaires. Every single one of them. They're all men and they're all very rich men. And we're talking about the difference of literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's not that big a deal. But to quote Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday, I understand that one of the biggest issues in Carolina is that Brindamore has asked that uh, as much as he wants it to get himself a contract extension, he also wants extensions for his coaching staff, training staff, and equipment staff, which are also not signed next year. He, uh, and he said as much is it, he said as much as uh, the priority is his contract, that is also an enormous priority. So he is telling the organization that he wants a situation where they are well taken care of as well. Now, what's interesting about this is if you look at it from Rod Brindamore's perspective, Rod Brindamore made like $50 million in his career. He doesn't need the money. But this is about making sure, A, everybody is fairly compensated, which I can guarantee you they're probably not. All right, I can guarantee you they're not because otherwise he wouldn't be complaining about this. Right. Number two, <laughs> you sign this contract and let's say Rod Brendamore makes $2 million now and he makes $4 million. He gets the Barry Trotz deal next year, okay? Well, all the Carolina Hurricanes have to do then is go, okay, well, we're going to fire a bunch of people to make up for it. And right. Rod Brendamore, as much as he is a boss for this, and this is awesome, this is great work, I'm not taking away from it, also strategically pretty important because he could essentially lose some of the best supports that he has if he gets the raise that he wants. Meaning he's protecting not only himself and the people around him, but he's making sure the group stays together and that he's not twisting in the wind while the, while the Canes go, yeah, we're just going to cut a bunch of people. And that is very smart. Very, very smart. He is playing chess, guys. Chess. Yeah. And there is a market for Rod Brindamore and that entire coaching staff. All of their contracts are up. All of them? And it's one thing to use your leverage, which is smart. It's another thing to use your leverage for others, mm-hmm. which is what That's he's doing. Key. Rod the goddamn bod. Like, Rod the god. Rod the god. Like this dude, uh, top five coach in the NHL. And if you're a Carolina Hurricane, uh, I, would, I would bust into a house if, if it was on fire to save Rod Brindamore. I would jump into a lake to save Rod Brindamore. I'd I'd rescue him along with Fallout Boy um, from the Springfield nuclear power plant. I would I would do everything for Rod Brindamore if I was a member of any level of the Carolina Hurricanes player, equipment staff, concessions, anything. That's exactly the kind of guy you want to work with. I was thinking too, guys. Do you remember the Don Waddell situation? Which one? There's, okay, there have been Remind some sneaky us. dramas with the Hurricanes, yeah, and yeah. I forget them. So here's the thing. Rod Brindamore, clearly he knows that Tom Dundon likes to negotiate. 
And if you remember a couple of years ago, um, before I believe the Wild went with Paul Fenton as their general manager, they were courting Don Waddell. I do remember this. And yes. Don Waddell was the uh, the general manager of the Carolina Hurricanes, and he was making like nada. He was not making a lot of money. Did a great job that year. And the Carolina Hurricanes said, great, we'll give you a 3% raise. And the Minnesota Wild said, uh, what do you want to make? We have rich owners. What do you care? What do you want to make? And so he went. He went the whole process with the Wild and went back to Carolina and said, uh, this is the number that they're offering me. I'll walk. And they capitulated. Well, Rod Brendamore is now doing the same thing. He knows from that organ, and you can bet Rod Brendamore knows. And Rod Brendamore saw that up front and was like, this is how we do this. And it was talked about on Hockey Night in Canada. It was talked about on headlines, which is in terms of TV, it is the, the crown greatest. jewel of hockey news. It's the greatest segment in hockey. It is, without question. I, I don't know. Have you heard who wears the crown? Oh, that's true. Well, like, close second. Come on, close Adam. Okay. Come on. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's, that's true. Question. Yeah. That's you know true. what? Okay. Jesse's, Jesse's, Jesse's right. No, you're right. Yeah. But the thing is, El- Elliot, like, CJ, keep your heads up. By Rod protecting, <laughs> you'll be all right. So <laughs> it's okay to be number two. <laughs> you know, you'll do great, kids. <laughs> by Rod protecting his people, he is without question assuring his own success and he knows that the is it the oakview group the uh tim lywicki's group that owns the kraken um i think it's the oakview group there's freaking bruckheimer there's so much money there that the entire coaching staff could just walk on the canes this offseason and this is a boiling i wonder if it happens and if it does like carolina hurricanes are still stacked but it's not like there's a ton of quality coaching candidates just available I mean, you got Bruce Boudreaux, but then you got to build an entire staff on top of that. If they're all expiring, this could be a really bad look for the Canes. Oh, it, it can be terrible, terrible, and it and it would change. I think the entire perception of the team. the The whole team is fun. They're awesome. That's what they're about. You know how many coaches would have nibbed the friggin' that celebration after every win? You know how many coaches would have nipped that right in the bud? Uh, yeah, can you imagine Mike Keenan's team skating from center ice and banging into the boards? They'd no. call up the entire minor league team as punishment. I can't imagine like, <laughs> Mike Keenan's team is ever smiling or enjoying themselves. No, no, it's it's just it doesn't happen. And, and I know he hasn't coached in the NHL for quite some time, but probably for the uh, best. They work hard, they try hard, and they have fun. Like they're everything that's great about hockey. They're skilled. They're fast. You can't push them around. And they're all about fun. Like the Carolina Hurricanes are one of those teams that I think everyone at least has like half cheers for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd smile if they won the cup. You Unless not enjoy the Leafs to do it. Then I'd be upset. Yeah. But like there's, no. there's a joy in the Carolina Hurricanes for sure. I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, there are there are individual players I'd be happy for on other teams, and this we know the dream is the Leafs. But outside of that, if uh, we all know, you're just saying this because James Reimer's name would be on the cup. Whoa, there is. There is you there don't is have any love whoa. for Carolina, Stephen. It's all it's all Mr. Reimer. I would like James Reimer and Whitby native David Ayers to get their cup rings. <laughs> Just a couple goalies, just a couple great goalies, 
There's <laughs> a couple great goalies. No, I, I would obviously be thrilled for James and Jake Gardner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's, who's had his own little nightmare of a career with the <laughs> with, with the Leafs and everything. But, like, I just – I would cheer for the organization. Like, I'd cheer for the the fans, the people, all of them. Mm. All of them. And you, and you know Rod's going to fight to get everyone a real ring. You know how there's real rings and the, the rings that are real but they're not as good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's you know the staff I mean? rings that the rest of the right. staff gets, and then there's the we, ones the we players. bend some metal and we're giving it to you. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. So what we're saying here is, uh, Carolina needs Rod Brandon more than more than Rod Brandon more needs Carolina, and that is a tough spot for an order to begin negotiating in. But here's the thing with Tom Dundon, he's not an idiot. As much as he's hard headed, as much as he's outspoken. Uh, Tom Dundon is not an idiot. And I think that this deal gets done pretty soon. And the reason, and I, and I bet with all the coaching staff and everything, because Tom can see the writing on the wall. And here's the other thing. Tom has brought a measure of respectability back to a franchise that frankly had, you know, remember when Peter Carmanos was, and he was suing his own kids and like, it was just terrible. And the, and the Carolina Hurricanes had built up a significant amount of goodwill in that community. And then it sort of started to slip. And now it's coming back and it's coming back in a big way. And you're going to see a lot more people in the stands as well as the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially in the, in the States as the, as the Stanley Cup playoffs kick off. Um, this is Tom Dundon's opportunity to spend a, a little extra money now, maybe a couple extra million dollars and make it all back when the team goes three or four rounds deep. And uh, if he doesn't make it back now, he'll make it back for the next three or four years because this team's going to be good for a really long time. You'll make this money back, Tom. Just sign him. Right. One thing that Elliot was harping on during the 31 Thoughts podcast when he was following up on this story from Saturday was that it reached the point that it went public. Like this has been brewing for a while now behind the scenes, but it reached the point where it became a public story and that he had to check the sources and then actually report on it on television. So it, it caused for some pause in because uh, he believed that it's going to get done as well. But there's some pause because it's it's not a new thing. Like the, the owner knows that he wants this for the rest of his staff and he hasn't um, he hasn't given it to him yet. And he hasn't signed these guys to the contract because he could have done it for as long as uh, Rod's been asking for it and he hasn't done it. So there is some pause and some reason for concern there. And that will this happen because he, they're at a standstill and now it's gone public and now even everybody knows about it. So it's not a guarantee. It looks like it's going to get done because how could you not just sign the check? But it's not a guarantee. Invest. Invest in the team. Don't I mean, be that on how much to buy them. Why not? What's a couple of million? Why not? But why hasn't he done it yet? Why has it taken this? Why does why does Rod have to go public with it now? Because right. first off, I don't know that it came publicly from Rod's camp first. The first I heard of it was, I believe, a Carolina Hurricanes perspective. Was it not? Was there not like there was a wasn't there? It was it was Friedman who started the statement by saying certain owners want to get the coaching staff costs under control. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I don't know that it necessarily came from the coaching staff. Like, I don't know that it came from Rod Brendamore's side. Because if Friedman's been hearing from multiple owners or through sources about multiple owners wanting to do this, then to me, it seems like 
you know, I don't, I, to me, it would seem that, that they are, um, that, that maybe the owners are making this known and they're talking about it openly. All right. But Listen. for, for it to get to Friedman alone, it had to have been brewing for a while. Oh, you know, that, like, I, yeah, that I'm like, like I'm hey, not sure it was Rod's people. Do you know right. What I'm but it's like, Hey, if this has been brewing and you want it to get it done, just get it done, mm-hmm. you Listen. know, and he, and he hasn't. So there's why sign the staff, sign Rod, mm-hmm. get the thing done. Let it be rocket fuel that courses through the locker room heading into the playoffs and improve the name and build the name of the Carolina Hurricanes in the community. Look what this coach did. Look what this owner did. Mm-hmm. See, he ended up doing the right thing. Everyone's on board here. There's no bad guy. It's easy for the owner of a team. Uh, you know, like Bruins fans love the Bruins. They love every part of the Bruins. They don't really like Jeremy Jacobs. This is your opportunity to be part of it, part of what the fans cheer for. Right? What it would have been like if the Pagulas uh, uh, resurrected the Sabres. Boy, oh boy. But they did it with the Bills, so they are liked. Mm. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are people who love the Bills and don't care about hockey, and they probably love them. <laughs> Not a lot of Buffalo people I know like one or the other. They they tend to like both. Where remember when Pete Blackburn was on, he's like, you know, there's people that are Celtics fans and people that are Bruins fans, but they tend to be separate. I, you know what I mean? Like it was a little bit more like there was a separation there. I don't know that he was saying that everybody, but you know what I'm saying. I wonder. I, I wonder too. Like, um, you know, Tom's got competition in that market uh, with you know Carolina having the first overall pick in the NFL. You know, he's got a. He's got to generate. Was it? It was Carolina or was it Jacksonville? Is it Carolina? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Oh, okay, sorry. But he, you know, he's got to compete with NFL franchises or an NFL franchise in that market. And I think, you know, uh, or at least in that area. And I think that's really important that you know this team has to be successful a lot and has to build that rapport with people because the Jags have not. Sorry, not the Jags. Jeez, the Panthers have not been fantastic <laughs> always. Uh, they made the Super Bowl a few years ago, but they're not. They're not like uh, out there crushing it every season. And I wonder, you know, I, I, he must see the branding opportunity here. He must see the opportunity to move into the community and be the hero owner who took this upstart team, which they still feel like an upstart team, and made I was about them to say they're like 20 30 years old. Years old. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. they made them the key brand in that market for sports. This is his opportunity to do that, I think. No, the way you compete with the NFL team is you invest in the XFL. <laughs> shit man put oh. the money in the hurricanes they're a real thing they're a real thing they're not this dream mm-hmm. not this pie in the sky rebel football league thought up by vince mcfriggin man it's yeah invest in and we're not asking you to pour millions of dollars into like a new arena or something with the Bro, it's it's the coach who's easily the biggest expenditure and the equipment staff. What did you get into ownership for? It's like Adam was saying off the top. This is a it's a pittance for Tom Dunning. It's nothing. It's nothing. Invest. Invest. And yeah, and he'll see the returns for that. Also, uh, I just as a quick aside before we get into the Predators and Stars, um, the I, I love the announcement going out that the Kraken are officially a team. Mm-hmm. I was like, how long were we going to wait for that? Did you guys know that they weren't officially a team yet? So uh, I didn't it was, know that. It was a like much we, bigger deal 
with Vegas because they got the final payment in on time for the trade deadline so they could participate in the trade deadline. Right. Right. And they could make their little, you know, uh, agreements with like the penguins and get a second round pick and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, their little handshake agreements, the Kraken didn't do that. Mm-hmm. The Kraken were late to the party. Right. So now they can sign players. They could theoretically make a trade. Um, it's just teams would be reluctant to do that because you can't use a player or whatever that you acquire. I guess you can't acquire a player from the Kraken. They don't have but, any. <laughs> right. They don't, they literally have none, but you, you can make a trade with them. Um, it's just, it wasn't until now. Right. So it should have, the story should have been, they don't have it done in time for the trade deadline. That I didn't been. even, I, you know what, Steve, I didn't even think about that. Uh, me neither. But like now that I now that I think about it, that is like so much of Vegas's success was them, you know, basically telling teams what they were going to do and robbing them blind, in part because of their actions at the twenty what was it seventeen trade deadline. Mm-hmm. The Kraken didn't get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going to end up being a big, uh, big missed window for them. Yikes! That'll be interesting to watch. We'll see. Um, I mean, everyone's still broke, so. That works for them. Guys, uh, sad report that it's not looking great for my stars prediction. <laughs> Your stars? My Dallas stars. Oh, gosh. And Eric Halla, who was on that <laughs> magic Golden Knights team, has joined another team where he has to be magic again, ends it in overtime. Now, am I surprised that the Dallas stars can't score goals? No. I'm not surprised. It's been a problem all year. What I am surprised about, first off, is that everybody's writing them off like it's over. It is. Here are the standings. It's not good. Here are the standings. Nashville's played 52 games. They have 58 points. Dallas has 51 games, 55 points. It's not over. It's not over. Should have. Tough. Would have been great if they'd won. Would have been super good. Thanks for helping your boy Adam out. But what's shocking to me, most shocking to me, is the fact that Dallas Stars fans don't seem to like this team. I, I get messages from Dallas all the time. They're like, this team sucks. Don't even, he's like, why? I, a few, few people that I talk to all the time about the stars are like, listen, uh, I don't know where the newfound love for the stars came from, but uh, this team isn't very good and you shouldn't like them. They're injured like, to hell though. Like a billion That's... injuries and you're right there. You're right there. Adam. Yes. Do you want some hope? I want some hope. I've oh, been, I've been waiting, do that. I've been waiting give to hope. give you some hope. Oh, I'm ready. I feel I'm like ready. you need it. I need it. Uh, Tyler Sagan was activated off of IR and is expected to play tonight versus the Panthers. The really good Florida Panthers. Great. (laughs) Yo, the gap in the friggin' central is wild. Yeah, 75-73-73-58. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hey, but Adam, the Dallas Stars still have a positive goal differential and the Preds don't, so you win. (laughs) You ever see that playoffs guy with a negative like, goal differential? He's like way down the podium and he's biting his metal and he's spraying champagne all over the place. That's you. That's a positive goal differential. Yeah. That's you. You got to take your wins where you can get them. 
Why did you why did you believe in the Dallas Stars so badly? You oh. mean why do I believe in the Dallas Stars? I know. I th- why I did think- you hate the Preds? I think you hated the Preds' well, chances more than you like the Dallas Stars. Is. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. So listen, uh Dallas got like first off, it's it's an e- it's easy to cheer for a team that had their whole team wiped up with COVID. Like really, it's it's easy to cheer for that. You know, you look at the Canucks. How do you, you can't hate the Canucks? Look at look what they've done. Like they no, came back no, and they no. won two straight games against the number one team in the division. That's pretty cool. Right. Um, Dallas, same thing. They missed like two weeks at the beginning of the season. And, and it's not like, I mean, we, we talked about last year in the playoffs, um, Doug Armstrong and the St. Louis blues, you know, they'd won the cup and they were out in the first round. And then it came out that like 20% of the players had had COVID, you know, right. don't, like the, the, forget the fact that remember Eric Stahl didn't want to sit uh, on an extra bike for, for two weeks because he didn't to get traded to Canada because of the two week quarantine. Imagine getting COVID and then coming back. Right. You no, know, and not playing for two weeks on top of that as well, which is what the stars went through. So there's a lot to cheer for there. I also think, um, I think David Poyle's being stubborn and I think he's one of the best GMs there's ever been in the NHL. Let me say that he's been fan freaking tastic as the, as the Preds GM, what a run they've had, but this is a deeply, deeply flawed roster. And it's he should have offloaded certain players to you know augment what the future is going to be. Instead, what he's done is he's held tight to whatever they are, and this Carolina Hurricanes are going to steamroll, or the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to steamroll them, or the Florida Panthers are going to steamroll them. Yeah, whoever it is, in. you're getting in though. They're getting in. You're oh well, I'm you know, so glad you got in. And, and you know who games. else got in? You know who else got in, Steve? Who? Chicago Blackhawks against the Nashville Predators in 2016. And what happened to them? Steamrolled. Three goals in four games. It's, it's, it's a pointless. There are times, and you guys are not, not going to like this take. There are times when <laughs> making the playoffs is actually not beneficial to your team. Oh, ninth is Whoa. not <laughs> you. You really take galaxy la- brain this one. <laughs> take last year's Habs, for example. Wait, no, sorry. Um, take last year's Blackhawks, for example. Wait, <laughs> shit. Sorry, guys, I'm bad at they this. They didn't make that was a that's a different circumstance. You can't no, use it. Oh, well. Like, okay, so here's uh-huh. the thing. Here's what I'd say. Uh-huh. And it's not sorry, it's not that the making the playoffs is it's never bad, it's amazing, it's great. But you look at how many years in <laughs> a row. Fast. Remember after the lockout, Steve, the least missed the playoffs by a point two seasons in a row? Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Steve remembers. for them. Was that good? Did we have a good time with that? Miss and then have a mid-round draft pick that they fucked up each no, time? It's terrible. No. So this is the thing. If Dallas beats Nashville to this race, Nashville will have hung on to Ekholm and Granlin and all these other guys. And for what? Mm-hmm. And, I get, and I even get if the they point. have, yeah. even, even if they have and they make it and they hung on to these guys, they're not going anywhere. What are you doing? Like you could read, he could have retooled with the amount of movement there's going to be this year. Poyle had a chance to retool and make this Nashville team formidable and find a goal scorer. Call Columbus, get Patrick Lining now. Mm. That's what they should do. Because that's what they're honestly. Otherwise, they're a pretty strong team. Pecorino is going to be gone. They're going to have, um, they're going to have a good goalie. They're going to be ready to go. You know who I should think, sta- Oh, sorry, no, go I ahead. I was just going to say, I, I. I think you should take the magic beans and roll the dice with the playoffs every time. Yeah. Like I understand rebuilding because that's the decision you got to make at the trade deadline, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's not at the beginning of the season, like you, you wait till the trade deadline, then you kick in the rebuild. But 
it is if it doesn't push their franchise back and like the rebuild back a couple of years then you you take the the role of that uh, i just think they could retool this offseason with the amount of changes that are coming and if they drop some salary because they're one of the teams that are going to be harder hit by covid they drop uh not not necessarily directly but i mean financially if they drop some salary and give themselves some wriggle room because you're not going to drop the Duchesne contract and you're not going to drop the Johansson contract, you might actually have an opportunity to bring in some players that are going to augment this team and make it good. Now, I'm not saying David Poyle can't figure that out. He's pretty smart, but I'm just not a big fan of them not going for or Sorry, them going for it. And Dallas needs to make it because it's a great story. That's why. Right. It's. I, I think it's a very interesting conversation. I feel conflicted about it because I don't know when is the right time to pull the shoot when you're one of the in-between teams. Like when you're the this the 12 through 24 team in the league, like in a given year, and then you come back the next season. I don't know when you say, okay, we're going to rebuild or, okay, we're going to build on top of what we have. Like it's such a, it's such like a, a thing that's like teetering in sports in terms of a franchise mm-hmm. when like, how does the GM know is like, okay, do we go for it? Do we not go for it? So that's why it's very interesting I, that I, you're siding with. The way I look at it, Jesse, from that perspective is remember when the Leafs made it in 16, 17 and they were in that, they were just squeaked in. Right. Oh, yeah. But they were on the up. They were clearly getting better. Uh-huh. The Nashville Predators have clearly gotten worse. So when you're on your way down and you're in that position, that's when I say, I'm not saying rebuild, retool. They're not as good as their Stanley Cup finals years, but they're still uh, a, a team that can compete and can make the playoffs. I'm surprised so they didn't do anything. Right. I'm surprised with that. Yeah. But How do you know when it's to tear it down, though? I mean, okay, so a bunch of teams made the bet that David Poyle did. And as far as I can tell, Poyle was the only one who was right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I don't know if that's a sign he was lucky or a sign that he's just smarter than your average bear. I think he's smarter. Because uh, like the Blackhawks were kind of a fringe team and they made a bunch of moves. Not necessarily buying or selling, but they made a bunch of moves. The Stars, remember all the Alexiak rumors? Mm-hmm. No, no, we're going to hold on to them. And at the time, it looked like they were going to make it. Not so much. The Coyotes, this one gives me stomach ulcers. They're not, I mean, it'd be very, very unlikely that they're going to make it. They got 50 points to the Blues, 53, but the Blues have played three fewer games. So now the Blues are going to make the fourth seed, make the playoffs, and Bennington is going to epically fuck up and challenge Robin Leonard to a fight and just not have a good time. Right. Some, I saw a tweet the other day. Someone needs to fight Bennington just to shut him up. <laughs> like, just give him his fight. Yeah. Like, let him fight. Like, just fight someone. Get it give out of your his fight. Well, he's just like, would do it too. He's like that annoying friend of the bully that comes in. So there's the big hulking bully who beats everybody up. And then there's like this guy who's like a, a 1930s like cartoon villain who's like, yeah, huh, tell him Cliff. And he's just this like wiener. And, and I don't know. <laughs> Like, why are you acting like this, Bennington? Come on, just make the playoffs and be good. You guys are good. I regret so much not getting to play him uh, at NHL in the summer. I was supposed to. I was supposed to play him, and he got a free ride to the next round because uh, I went and had a baby. But, well, my wife had a baby. I was there, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bennington, by the way, blew a, a three goal lead. I think it was on Saturday to Minnesota. It was mm-hmm. like with four. Glad we don't know what that's like, eh, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be like, me. Ooh. No, no. Five minutes left or something. And 
St. Louis was up three one, and they they lost an OT to Minnesota. So not he's not a, guy a good end for Bennington. I know he's he's one of those guys who has to play with fire. You, yeah. you know what I mean? But like this season, I've been watching him. And I'm like, whoa, maybe dial it back, eh? <laughs> like it it doesn't seem Too like it's productive. Yeah, hot. it doesn't seem like it's helping him. No. No, it's in, in the past that, oh, do I look nervous? And I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, that kid's got balls of steel. He's going to go places. <laughs> and, and this season, when, when you do it and it works, mm-hmm. you look awesome. Like, you you just look like the king of the world. And when you do it and your team loses, you look like a giant baby. Right. Like it's it's a, it's a really fine line. It's like the it's like McGregor. It's like when McGregor goes and talks shit for three months and then he gets punched in the face and knocked out. Like it doesn't work. When you need to also what, win. <laughs> when he does what he did to Aldo, which was torture him for months on end, call exactly how he was gonna beat him and then do it in 13 seconds. Yeah. You look like a force of nature. When you do what you did against Khabib, get it. How right was I about it? Well, th- well, then what you are is Chael Sonnen. Oh my yeah. god, that's all you are. You're just yeah. you're just a mouth now. Yeah, he was and, he was and, such a good fighter and just such a mouth. Yeah. And did you? He said on a podcast. Excuse us for MMA corner. <laughs> this is a SDP MMA corner. His first fight against Anderson Silva, which he was winning. He was winning. Yeah. And it was like th- what was it? Thirty seconds from the bell in the fifth round or or a minute from mm-hmm. the bet like he was that fight was going to decision and he was going to win maybe he's probably gonna win maybe and then silva gets him on the ground and i can't remember what he did i can't remember what the submission hold was this freaking guy said on a podcast sonnen did he said that he tapped because he was he was under the impression that <laughs> like he it would just mean that he lost that round on the scorecard not the fights. Shut up. Has he never fought before? <laughs> he's either a liar or a dumbass. Eh, like, no, he's doing he's doing a shtick. Like, come if on. If you tap out, uh, you you lose there, Chael. It's, yeah. uh, if you it's, don't know that, that's why you end up on Bellator. Sorry. Yeah. Like, oh no, I I thought hockey, like the overtime period continued, and whoever has the most goals at the end of the period wins the game. Like, can you imagine? Also, after after the second fight to Silva in the once it was UFC 117, he tested positive for steroids. Oh, and then, did he? Yeah, and then he came out and he's like, "Yeah, I took steroids." He doesn't give a fuck anymore. So, I don't know how on the level if he had won anything, it would have been. I do appreciate him actually going, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and not oh a- yeah, I ate a weird burger like no. <laughs> like yeah. everyone else because that's who he is now. He's the he's the Jose Canseco of UFC. He's gonna say whatever he wants. That dude. Yeah. That's a, that's a that's an interesting Twitter follow. How do we get here? I don't know. <laughs> Man, I said I just it said after if the Mayweather you, if you, fight. I was like, you, dude, you're young. You you have uh, a, a wife or girlfriend. I'm not sure who absolutely adores you. You got this beautiful child. You have so much money in the bank. You and you and you're young. Like I, which I think I said off the top. Who is this tire? Who are you saying this about? Conor McGregor. Oh, McGregor. Mm-hmm. Retire. And instead he fights an old dude in a bar and like <laughs> promoting his whiskey. Like what the, f- oh. like, no, what a mess of a life. Like, yeah. bro, you're not fooling me with your Instagram. You, you got to quit. So with that, what I was saying was 
if you're you're Connor McGregor if you're melty and you win. You're Chael Sonnen if you're melty and you lose. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Steve, if Bennington wins in those particular games. The one where he's like fake punching people. That was stupid. Even if they win that game, I don't think he looks good. They won without him in net. Well, there it is. That That's the ultimate diss. So, well, how'd you win? Oh, you scored a bunch against the Sharks. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> and none of us are St. Louis Blues fans, so I'd be curious to know if you're out there, if you can tweet us. And what are your thoughts on Bennington? Like, do they support him through all these yes. things? Yeah, like if that's your boy, if we that's would. your, if that's the boy wow. on your team, like you gotta, you're backing him up, or maybe you don't like him. I don't know. Sideshow Ben is what he looks like to me right now. Wow, a little bit, a little bit of a sideshow. And you know what? If he wins the cup again, good for him. He's got his name on the cup. Yeah. Oh, like if I was a Blues fan, I'd probably love him. Yeah, right. but right. even even this season, you'd have to acknowledge, like, mm, it does look a little silly. Yeah. yeah. Let's get to the press conference, gentlemen. The Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. Right. We got tons of questions. Okay. A lot of them were about Adam eating shit about his Dallas. <laughs> really? It's not even over yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're three points back. What? What? You, these are the same people that gave me shit about like the Leafs being. I'm like, God, the division's wrapped when they were seven points up. Oh, they could give you, they could catch them. Three points. Three points. Remember Nothing. when the team nipping at their heels was the Habs? Oh, yeah. Doug or not. Uh, oh, well. This was an interesting one from Ryan. He said, Should the Calder age requirement be lower to something like 22? Uh, Kiprasov. Uh, how, how do I say the na- name? Kaprizov. Kaprizov. I always get that myself. Kaprizov is having a great season, but is 24, older than Matthews, and is likely to win it over Jason Robertson, Nick's brother, who is only 21, having an amazing season as well. What do you guys think of the Calder age? Because who won it? Panarin won it at 24, 24. like three years beat ago. Well? Yeah. Beat McDavid. What do you guys um, think of the Calder? It's tough because, like, it's rookie of the year. Sergey Makarov won it at 31. Yeah, and like that's a bit silly, but like also he was a rookie. You know what I mean? It's not rookie of the year who is also 24 or less. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't have a problem. I, I don't think there should be a limit on that age limit. I'm, I'm I know I'm in the minority on that, but I've never and I know that there is an age limit on that. Uh, but I have never been of the belief that rookie of the year is an age category. Uh, it's, also, it's a, it's a, an accomplishment category. So if somebody comes in at 37 years old, like Dwayne Rollison, when he broke in the league, he was like 28 or 29, had this crazy year with the flames. Tim Thomas wasn't eligible. Tim Thomas, Tim Thomas wasn't was eligible. Like 31. How about we just honor the person who is best? Best? Based That's on what? what I'm saying. And That's I understand a good way to look at it. I like physical that. differences, right? Like you, 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 if you're 24 versus how old is Jason Robertson? 21. 21. So you're, you know, a little bit further along in your development and better hockey player, probably whatever, whatever. Still the NHL. And uh, I'm sure that whoever comes second, if they were 18 years old and, and they lose to a 24 year old, they'll get over it. Also, like, if you're the best, if you're the best rookie and you're 27, what a story. I think that's Where the cool. hell were you? How'd you, <laughs> what took you so long? What, did you magically get good? Did just no one know about you? Like, what What are the circumstances that made you go from not being in the league to the best rookie at 27 years old? You know what I mean? 
and like i'm literally making up a scenario here mm-hmm. but uh i don't know like is I, is is nick Ro- uh not nick robertson sorry his brother uh jason is he getting ripped off i don't think so i i i think i, I you could probably unearth the clip. I think I felt differently when Padarin won it over McDavid. Um, but, but McDavid I was, got injured. I remember McDavid only played 40 games that but year. But I was cheering for the story. Because if you, if you look at it point per game, I'm pretty sure McDavid ate him. Absolutely. And he should have won it had he played the full year, but he didn't. Yeah, I, and I was, I was cheering for the story. And Jason Robertson, um, great story. But, like, dude, Kaprizov is – he's – He's been un- unbelievable. He's been just at another level. Mm-hmm. And he's a huge reason why the Wild are good now. Mm-hmm. One supercharged rookie, man. I know there was some other stuff that went in there. Uh, Kapokakinen should probably get a little bit of uh, mention in net. It's always good when your goalie's good. But, man, Kirill Kaprizov, he's been a shot of adrenaline. I just, I don't see any reason why we would, why limit it? Like, who cares? And all, honestly, like, we watched... A Calder Trophy winner, um, uh, Matthews won it. Does anyone care? It was cool. It was cool. It was cool. I, I was happy at, at the time. time. Yeah, but I, it's not like I'm like, man, there goes my rookie of the year right there. I care so, a little. It's a cool. Uh, it's a cool resume thing. Sure, but I think I would care more if he wins the Rocket, Hart, Selkie, whatever else you want to sign him up for. It's not. It's like you're the best of a very limited amount of people. (laughs) Like when you're rookie of the year, are there 20 or 30 rookies that play over 20? Because it's going to be over 25 games or something like that. How many of them are there? Actually, that's that's a very good question. Like it's a very small scope. So what's the like? It's not a. I don't think it's as big a deal as everybody makes it out to be. I mean, it's huge. It's important. But I also don't think it's the be-all, end-all. And I don't think you should stuff a good story uh, like Kaprizov uh, or even like a Dwayne Rolison or a Makarov away just because they happen to be older. Steve, you want the Calder Trophy requirements? I got them here. Uh, yes, please, because so. I'm using NHL.com right now and it's difficult. <laughs> to be eligible for the Calder Memorial Trophy, a player cannot have played more than 25 games in any single preceding season, nor in six or more games in each of any two preceding seasons in any major professional league. Beginning in 1990 through 91, a player must not have attained his 26th birthday by September. So there you go. 26th? Yeah, so you'd be up to 26 by September. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So we got two rookies over 40 points, Mm -hmm. um, and it looks like it'll stay that way. There's Josh Norris, who's in third with the Sens. Really underrated. Um, He's got 32. They have five games left. He'd have to get eight points in five games. It's doable, but unlikely. Jason Robertson has 40 and 46, and Kaprizov has 43 in 50. So yeah, Robertson could catch him theoretically, but then even if he catches him in points, it's going to be about impact, right? And if if the playoffs are a tiebreaker, and they certainly are for the Hart Trophy, it's probably going to go to Kaprizov. Something uh, that I can't help but notice, so the top two guys, Kaprizov and Robertson, are both pluses. Kaprizov's plus seven, Robertson is plus 14. You have to go all the way down to number 17, Nico Sturm, to get the next guy who was a plus. There's a lot of rookies who, who are hurting in the plus-minus category. Tim Stutzel is minus 20. I mean, that's to be expected. I mean, he's on the sends, right? 
a lot of these rookies who are getting the ice time to put these points up are not on great teams. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Minnesota, Dallas, those, I mean, they're good. Ottawa, New Jersey, Ottawa, New Jersey, Chicago, New Jersey, Chicago, Nashville, Vancouver, New York, Kings, Islanders. You know what I mean? Like it's mostly, it's mostly teams that are not having a good time. Do you guys want another question? Sure. Yes. This was a fun one. So it's going to be a little game here with Steve. So more underscore Jake 05 tweeted me and he asked me to ask you about Saturday, October 8th, 2011. The Leafs played the Sens. It was the second game of the season. Do you know what happened? Oh, I love 2011? 2011, second game of the season. It was a Saturday night, Leafs versus Sens. So they would have played Montreal first game because they always do, right? Do you know what happened in that game? Specifically, I'll give you, I'll give you a hint if you need it. In the well, third... here, just, just read what they said. Just read with that. This. That's it. Saturday, October eight. Uh, Saturday, October eighth, two thousand eleven. Leafs played the Sens. Go. Don't do this. Uh they won six five, and Kessel had a hat trick. Oh my god! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Come on. <laughs> you want to know what's more messed up? I'm pretty sure we watched it together, Adam. Did we? I think I, I I watched it. I I watched that game. I think I watched it at Real Sports. Steve, did, were, that was I with 2011. Yeah, that was no, that was the game, and like the Leafs, they had it wrapped up, and Kessel's having this. What happened un- in the What happened in the third period? The Sens mounted a comeback, and Kessel had to get the hat trick in order for the Leafs to win the game. The Sens scored how many goals in the third? Oh, I don't know. Uh, three. Five. They scored. Five. It was oh, a sporting <laughs> side of that year. It was wow. a 6-5 win for the Leafs. Kessel had a hat trick Saturday night, second game of the season. And the they were the Leafs were up 4 nothing going into the third. And in the third period, the Sens scored five goals. And oh, Leafs my God. Scored two more just to maintain their 6-5 win. What I tell you, traumatizing defensive performances in the first three games of the season. It goes back years, a decade. I can't believe I, I boys. I, I can't believe oh, I remember that. That was one of the most impressive things you've ever done. I've never seen. I cannot <laughs> believe that's a thing. Crap. You might be the only person who can do that. Oh my god! If if anybody else out there has some more like wild leaf, just name a game within the last like ten years. Let's do it within the last ten years. It's got to be, and just give it. Give us the date and the opponent, and I'll look it up, and I'll have Steve try and guess it. Okay, so here. <laughs> Holy shit. Here. So I've been doing these videos since 2007, right? And yeah. that game was long before I worked for Sportsnet or was paid to speak on camera for anybody, <laughs> right? I get, well, Leafs TV didn't make it done. But can I say, because I'm literally just some dude who started a YouTube channel, can I say I cover the Leafs? I would say no. No. Okay. Until you do it for for an outlet, like I would start when you when you start talking about hey I cover the least you got to be doing it for a, a, an organization like a that color covers the team like a beat reporter yeah okay I don't so think I, I, I don't think I'm everybody just some guy who remembers games then <laughs> right I don't think everybody with a blog that they started on WordPress who writes about every game covers the team 
James Sorry. Myrtle would like to say no, Jesse. Yeah. Um, or as a hobby, I cover the. Yeah. I, I'm an amateur Leafs right. cover. Yeah. You're not a professional. <laughs> But, but the second you started making money, you were. Yeah. I mean, I got paid for it. I make money off YouTube and shit. I just followed my taxes. I have to be honest YouTube, with you. So. I, I, I think that that definition is changing. I think uh, if you worked for the Steve Dangle organization, which you have. What if I just start the company? <laughs> I don't know. I don't well, we've know. done that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's a good, it's an interesting question. Yeah. I High five have. CEOs. You know what? Keep bringing those. Keep keep bringing those. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, uh, fun quiz. I feel unstoppable right now. Keep bringing those. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's so funny. funny. Okay. It's got to be while I did LFRs. Yes. I'm limiting. It just said last 10 years. Last 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You go, you go beyond that. Holy shit. I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. (laughs) Uh, We all good? We're good. We're going to leave it there. We will be back Thursday. Thank you so much for listening. Very excited to hear what other weird games Steve remembers. Steve. Oh, the Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.